0: to the Lord in prayer, open up our service, and we just want to enter in to the presence of the Lord today. He is here, He's here, and He wants to meet you this morning. Hallelujah. Let's press into His presence today and allow God to do something special in your heart today. Amen? Hallelujah. Father, we honor you this morning. We thank you, Lord, for this beautiful day. God, we thank you for the privilege of coming to your house, God, and to worship you, Lord. We thank you for Jesus, for our Lord and our Savior, Lord God. Father, that you loved us with an everlasting love. You demonstrated your love, and you sent your Son, Jesus, Lord, to die on a cross for our sins, Lord. And we thank you today. We thank you today. And we stand, Lord God, on your promises today. We rejoice together and we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Standing on the promises of Christ, my
1: King. shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. my Savior, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises that cannot fail, when the howling storms of doubt and fear of sail, by the living word of God I shall prevail, I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. I now can see perfect present cleansing in the blood for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free, I'm standing on the promises of God. God. I'm standing on the promises of Christ the Lord. Bound to him eternally by love's strong Lord. Overcoming daily with the Spirit's sword. I'm standing on the promises of God. So, oh, yes, I'm standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, I say, Your Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. So yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. You Savior my all in all I'm standing on the promises of God Oh yes, I'm standing, standing Standing on the promises of God, my Savior Standing, standing I'm standing on the promises of God Oh yes, I'm standing
2: are faithful, Lord God. You are good. We love you, Jesus.
1: I am blessed beyond the curse for his promise will endure
2: time that you have walked us through, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, that this morning as we praise you and lift up your name, you draw close. Hallelujah. We thank you for every time you healed our body. Hallelujah. We give you praise, glory, and honor. We make a joyful shout to the Lord. And we sing.
3: our glory and honor to you alone we pause focus on your greatness and your glory we love you we praise you we honor you we thank you lord for how good you've been and how much you've done we thank you lord how you've kept us and you've watched over us how you've been there for us again and again and again we praise you we honor you we thank you Lord, let the song of our joy never cease flowing to your throne, honoring and recognizing how good you've been, how full of compassion and grace. We love you, Lord. We pray that you'd receive our praise and you'd receive our honor. We thank you for the privilege of knowing you. We thank you for the privilege of having our hearts awakened and our eyes opened. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your shed blood. And we thank you for the salvation you've given to each one. In Jesus' name and all God's people said. Let's give the Lord a praise and a clap. We love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy, Lord. You are wonderful. Great is thy faithfulness. Hallelujah. You Lord. Lord, we love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Help us, Lord, to continue to walk in obedience to your word, trusting your care, knowing that you'll work all things together for the good, and you will bring your good promises to pass. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Well, good morning. It's so good to see everybody out this morning. Children, you are dismissed. The children's church. Amen. Hey, always something. Amen. Someone says story of my life. Always something. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke's Gospel, chapter seventeen. We're gonna take a, a pause from Hebrews eleven, and we'll kind of give ourselves a thanksgiving emphasis this morning. So if you have your Bibles, Luke 17, we want to talk about that leper who returned. And we want to learn from the lives of these men and the response of the Lord Jesus. But the Bible says in Luke 17, verse 11, Luke 17, verse 11, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going to a village, and ten men who had leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he came back praising God in a loud voice, and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? And then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. The leper who returned. Father, we thank you that we can gather in your name we thank you for the family of God. We thank you for the great salvation you've given us, Lord. Help us to glean your thoughts. Help us to hear what you're speaking to us as a group and as individuals. So we can respond and we can grow and advance in our faith. In Jesus' name, and everyone said. Amen. The leper who returned. This leper is an inspiring example of unashamed gratitude to God. He's worthy of our imitation. And we also see here how Jesus takes this event and he gives you and I a glimpse into the heart of God by um, showing us that God's heart is wounded, grieved, disappointed when men fail to honor him, when people fail to praise him for all that he's done and how good he's been. Now, if we were to give this story a little overview, we'd do it like this. Number one, the story begins with 10 unclean men, 10 unclean men. They're all lepers. You know, Jews and samaritans don't usually live together but you know misery loves company and they're all outcast and they're all sick unto death and together they are what difference does nationalities make when they're walking and experiencing a living death but these men thank god had hope because jesus was there and they cried out for mercy it's so good to know that jesus passes our way that Jesus, He's just a cry away. He's just a call away. He passes our ways. And they cry out, Master. Interesting Greek word here. Literally, Commander. Chief Commander. They knew that Jesus was in command. And Jesus had authority even in the face of disease and death. And it's like in our hearts as believers. We have a great peace because we know our God is still on the throne. And our God has the last say regardless of what we face or what we have to endure. So it begins with ten unclean men and then it continues to nine ungrateful men. Jesus commanded them to go and show themselves to the priest. It was a real act of faith because they hadn't been healed yet. But they turned and they obeyed. And as they went, they were completely healed. Their obedience was both the evidence and the expression of their faith. Now we would think that these ten men would run back to Jesus, thank Him for this miracle, I mean, saved from certain death, granted a new start in life, restored to their families and their communities, but only one returned. And of all people, he was a leper. He wasn't even one of God's people. How grateful that man should have been For the providence of God that brought Jesus into their area. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he came into my area. When you think of your testimony, I thank God he came into my life. I thank God somehow the gospel, the good news of hope in Jesus made its way to me. It didn't have to. How grateful these men should have been for the providence of God that brought Jesus into their lives. And for the love of God that caused him to look upon them with compassion. And pay attention to their need. Thank God for the love of Christ that looks beyond our faults and see our needs. Thank God for the love of Jesus that didn't count us out when we failed for the second time or the third time. But his mercy was new every morning and his grace was great. Can you say amen? Amen. And we thank the Lord for his power. Power of God that was able to drive out that dreaded disease. And give these men a new start and a new hope in life. One writer comments, they should have formed an impromptu immense choir and sang Psalm 103 together. That's, that's bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Amen? And we like to add to it, for He has done great things. I think we should praise God for what He's done. I think we should praise God for some things He hadn't done. The Bible says He hadn't treated us as our sins deserved. Amen? And that's what Psalm 103 goes on to say. I'm so glad that there's some prayers he didn't answer. I'm so glad that there's some roads he didn't let me take. I'm so glad there's some people that I thought I needed in my life and he knew better and he got rid of them. Praise God for that. Hallelujah. Have you ever paused and just thanked God for some things he didn't do? Yeah. Yeah, amen. You know, even Snoopy had enough spirituality to know that. Snoopy. I know you people might be too highfalutin' to read the comics, but after the sport page, right to the comics we go, amen? And I see Snoopy, it's a Thanksgiving comment, and he he, he's getting dog food while in the house. He knows they're feasting on some good turkey and stuffing and everything else you make, and he's grumbling, he's muttering. He says, just because I'm a dog, I have to eat dog food. Everybody else gets turkey and stuffing and mashed potatoes, but just because. And mumbles and he grumbles and he takes his dog food and gets on top of his house. You know, he laid on top of his house, how Snoopy did it. He says, well, then again, on the other hand, I could thank God that he didn't make me a turkey. He made me a dog. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) The jury's still out for some people. But anyhow, um, I want to thank God not only for the things he's done, but for many things he has not done. He didn't treat me as my sins deserved. He didn't count me off when I rebelled and said, uh, uh, can you say amen to that? The story begins with ten unclean men. It goes to nine ungrateful men. And then finally, it, it concludes with one unusual man. The Samaritan child of New King James. Glory to God. He fell at the feet of Jesus and he, he gave him thanks and he praised him. He stopped everything. And first he came to Jesus And with a loud voice from the depths of his heart, he praised and he thanked and he honored the one that had done so much for him and did for him what no one else could do. My friend, we should stop and give the Lord praise for He's done for you and I what we could never do for ourselves and no one else could ever do. He paid the price for our sins. He took our place on the cross. He shed His blood that we could be forgiven and made clean and made free. Can you say amen to that? This Samaritan, instead of going to the priest, he became a priest. And he built his altar at the feet of Jesus. And he offered him that sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving. And then we look at that last verse in our our, our verses, verse 19. We learn um, Jesus, we learn that the Samaritan, he, he got something even better than physical healing. Is there something better than physical healing? Oh, you better believe it. There's spiritual healing. There's salvation you know, you can have a, you know, back in the day I'm dating myself, you can look like Arnold used to look like, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you can have a great health, but you know what? Um, if your soul's not right with God, you'll split hell wide open. You can be healthy as all get out and great, thank God for health, but I'll tell you, there's something more important than physical health. There's knowing your heart is right with God. There's knowing that the blood of Jesus has forgiven you, and your name is in heaven, and that's where you're going to go. And so again, he says, your faith has saved you. Literally, he's saying, not only are you healed, but you're saved the nine others were declared clean by the priest this one Samaritan was declared saved by the son of God friend this is the time of year when we're taught to pause and praise we're reminded to remember and give thanks and that's good we should it's proper that we do so that you and I can look at the past the present and the future and look at the blessings the Lord has bestowed upon us and give thanks to the God that has been so good to us. And we look past and we With grateful hearts we look back and we thank God that He saved us and we thank God that He's kept us and we thank God that He's helped us along the way. We thank God that He's protected us and He's provided for us. We thank the Lord that He's answered prayers. We thank the Lord that He's lifted us up when we've fallen and He stood around us while we were under attack. We thank God that He's been good. We look back with grateful hearts and we thank Him. We look around and we acknowledge His goodness in this present. Hour. And f- friends, some of the greatest blessings you have are within a hand's reach right now. We thank God for the present blessings he's put into our life. We thank him for that roof over our head and the peace within our heart and divine blessing upon our hands. We thank him for wonderful friends and family that surround us. We thank him that his peace fills our home and his joy fills our heart. We thank God for that presently we're a blessed people. We're blessed of the Lord. We live in a world that's hurting and confused, people that want to give up, they don't know which way to turn but we who know the Lord we are blessed, we are blessed, we are blessed. The same spirit that raised him lives within us. His smile is upon us. He meets our every need. He walked with us every step of the way. We're blessed. We look back with hearts of gratitude. We look around with hearts of thanksgiving and we can even look to the future and we don't have to wait till we get there to thank him. We know that we we know we're headed to a place. which's no longer sinful. It's no longer full of disease. There's no more death. There's no more frustrations. There's no more pain. And there's no more problems. We can give them thanks this morning. Because we know we're headed to a better place. And friend. It won't always be like this. We're going to a place. Where the roses never fade. And the streets are paved with purest gold. We're going to a place. Where we'll be with our loved ones in the Lord. And we'll See our Savior face to face. Friends, we who know Jesus should be the most grateful, thankful, happy people on the face of the earth. Can you say amen? Amen. Hallelujah. We're thankful. I can look back. Thank you, God. Oh my Lord, how did I get through that? God's grace was there. Look back, man. I really deserved that. God's mercy was there. I look around and say, Lord, I've got some wonderful friends. I've got a great family. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Uh, i got peace. I've got, thank you, Lord. And I know the best is yet to come if you know Jesus. Let's begin. Note number one, the condition of these men, the condition of these men. Hmm. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's planning on celebrating the Passover for the last time. He's traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And a group of about ten lepers stand afar off at a distance and they cry out. Notice the condition of these lepers. Number one, see a desperation, see a humiliation, and see a condemnation. Number one, there's a desperation because there's no cure for leprosy. It was one of the most feared diseases of its day. Secondly, there's a humiliation. This Once a person contracted this disease, they were no longer allowed to live in their homes or live in their communities. They were isolated and ostracized. No one could touch them. They were quarantined outside the borders of the village. Beyond just the horrible physical disfiguration, it was socially humiliating to have this disease. I mean, according to the law, they had to tear their clothes and... If anyone was to get too close to them, they had a crowd, unclean, unclean, so nobody would get near them and possibly become infected. There was a desperation, a humiliation, and of course, a condemnation, because they were condemned, separated and rejected, condemned to a hopeless state of physical death and social separation and rejection from community, from family, even from their religion, the condition of these men. So here they stand, They see Jesus afar off. Ten tattered refugees in a war with death. But I thank God on that day, the hope of heaven came near them. And I thank God that His mercy wouldn't let them go. I thank God that the hope of heaven is here today. And whatever you're facing, whatever you're going through, Jesus is here. Don't run away. Cry out. Don't make believe you don't hear and respond to the call of the Spirit that's tugging on your heart and tapping on the door of your heart, saying, I'm your answer. I'm your answer. Come to me. Call on me. Give it to me. And let me work my amazing grace in your life. The hope of heaven came near and I thank God the hope of heaven has come near to our hearts. I thank God that his mercy wouldn't let us down. So we go from the condition to the cry. We see that in verse 13 with a loud voice. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. I like the fact that these lepers weren't going to lay down and die. My God, if you want it, you got to fight for it sometimes. If you want your miracle, you've got to fight the fight of faith for it. If you want that situation reserved and healed and, and, and um, put back into its proper place, you've got to be willing to believe God for it. You've got to be able to stand faithfully, expecting God to work in that situation. One of them must have noticed Jesus. And they all lift up their voices the best they could. And they cry aloud, trying to somehow get the attention to the only one that was able and willing to meet their needs. They knew Jesus. They had heard of Jesus. They knew that this great Lord, He had not only the power to heal them, but the love to care about them. They knew Jesus had power to heal them in mercy and love, not to shun them or reject them, but to have compassion on them. Their cry was, not surprisingly, A cry that was desperate and a cry that was passionate. Take note, the Bible shows us again and again that the Almighty God responds to the cries of His people. We're not talking about the weeping cries. We're we're, we're talking about the passionate, earnest, sincere prayers of His people. The, The intercessions, the petitions, the pouring out of our hearts and needs to the Lord. Friend, when you're facing a desperate, urgent situation, let's learn a lesson from these lepers. Let's draw near and cry out to God. The Bible says, let us come boldly before the throne of grace that we might receive mercy in our time of need. The Bible urges us, invites us, encourages the people of God. In your hour of need, don't look to the world. In your hour of need, don't just get frustrated and give up on God and everyone else. In your hour of need, come confidently to the throne of God's grace. Not of God's judgment, but of a place of grace. And if you'll call on Him and lay your burden before Him, He'll respond to you and He'll answer you. Let us draw near and cry out to God until we really get a sense of victory in our heart, a sense of breakthrough in our situation, until the answer comes or the burden is lifted or we just get that assurance that we know that we know we touch heaven and God is working on our behalf. And then when we get that peace, that inner victory, don't stop there, then seal it by coming to the Lord with some praise and thanksgiving and honor. Use your faith to give Him praise even before The answer comes. These lepers were following a biblical pattern by crying out to the Lord. They could have just got bitter and blamed God for their problems. Some people do that. They create the problem then blame God for it. But these lepers followed the Bible instruction. The Bible encouragement. For example, note takers, James 5 and verse 16 tells us that the fervent prayer that means the, uh, the earnest prayer, the energetic prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much, accomplishes much. Your fervent prayers to God will make a difference in your life and in the life of others. The Bible says not only are they powerful, they're effective. They're effective to change things. They're effective to help things. They're effective to turn situations around. The Bible tells us in Psalm 34, in verse 17, that the righteous cry out, the righteous cry out. The, the righteous don't patty cake. The righteous don't recite a ritual prayer. But the righteous take their needs and petitions and cry out to God. The righteous cry out. And the Lord hears them. Isn't it good to know He hears us? He could turn off to us. He could ignore us. But oh God says when I hear my people earnestly seek me. And call on me. And bring their needs to me. I hear them from heaven. And I answer them. I work in their situation. I deliver. deliver. Deliver them out of all their trouble. God says I'll deliver you if you cry out to me. I'll come into your life if you'll draw near to me. God says I'm a God that wants to answer your prayers. I'm a God that wants to do some wonderful things in your life. Things that will cause you to praise me and testify to my goodness and see my majesty in a greater grandeur than you've ever seen before. But first you've got to seek me. First you've got to call on me. First you've got to follow the Bible pattern and cry out to me that I might answer you and show you great and mighty things. Psalm 62 and verse 8. This is David now. And this is a beautiful expression, a beautiful description of how God sees our faithful prayers and petitions. Trust in Him at all times, you people. Hallelujah. Glory to trust in Him. No matter what the doctor said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct you. He'll keep you. He'll hold you, my friend. Trust in Him at all times, even when the storm is hard and the night is dark. Trust in the Lord. Lean on those everlasting arms. Don't you ever stop trusting in Jesus because He's worthy of your trust. He's a faithful God. He's a loving shepherd. He loves you with an everlasting love. He knows you personally. He knows you into me. He loves you eternally. He says, trust me in your hour of need. Turn to me when the battle is raging. I will defend you. I will take care of you. And I will bring you through. Trust in Him at all times, you people. And now watch this. Pour out your heart before Him. The Bible is describing prayer. Some of us get our prayer from our old religion. Not Bible. That's why some people, they pray a lot and don't see a lot of answers. Pray according to the pattern, if you want the pattern of the answer. Notice, pour out your heart. What an image. Taking your burden. Taking your need. Like we pour out water of a bucket. Just come to that altar and pour out your heart. Just express your need. Pour out your burden. Release your care. Amen. Present your request. Wow. Trust in Him at all times. Hallelujah. Pour out your hearts before Him. God is a refuge for us. God is a refuge for us. There's a place you can go, child of God. There's a person you can call on, child of God. There's some place to take that burden. There's some place to take that fear. There's some place you can take that anxiety. There's a place to go where you can pour out your burden and receive His grace and strength. Where you can pour out your confusion and receive His comfort, His counsel, and His care. Oh, as a child of God, we are a privileged people because we have the privilege of drawing near to the true and living God and casting every care and releasing every burden and laying down every need before Him, knowing that He hears and He answers the cries of His people, knowing that the great the great law of exchange is a law that works in the kingdom of God because he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of his peace is upon us and by his stripes we are Exchange. When you go to the throne of grace, you bring God your problems, you receive from God His grace to face that problem. You bring God your burden, you receive from God that strength to go out and do what you must do to overcome that burden. We see these men, they cried out to God. They had a condition that was desperate. They had a condition that was humiliating. They had a condition that had condemned them, humanly speaking, to no hope. But oh, there's always hope when you can lift up your voice and call on the living God. There is always hope when you can call on the name of Jesus. There's always hope when Jesus, when He comes by your way. And they cried out and they gave it their very best and He heard their cry. They cried out, and their cry, number one, was revealing. And the way they addressed Jesus, it was revealing. They used the word master. I think Luke's the only one that uses this word in the Greek. And it didn't mean teacher. It didn't mean prophet. It didn't mean rabbi. It meant commander, chief commander. They were addressing Jesus as the one that had the power to meet their need, as the one that had the authority to change their situation. They address Jesus as master, commander, the one that is able to break every chain and heal every hurt and erase every sin and transform every life. Whatever your need is, Jesus is your answer. Whatever you're battling, Jesus. Master, Jesus, you who speak in the winds and waves obey you. Jesus, you who your very presence still causes demons to tremble. Jesus, you whose power causes disease and even death to loose its hold. Master, have mercy on us. When we pray, let's mean business when we pray. And let's approach the Lord with a confidence and an assurance and a faith believing that He is able and He is willing to meet the needs of His people. Can you say amen? amen. We see Him there crying out. We see the revealing, the revelation, in the language they use. We also see the perseverance. Because as we look at it, it, it kind of seems at first that Jesus didn't notice them at first. Maybe He was testing their faith. You know, sometimes answers don't come immediately. Someone says, I know that's real. Amen. Yeah, I'm, I'm there talking to me. Yeah. But faith, faith knows how to hold on and press on and believe on and trust on. Faith doesn't quit real easy, you see. Faith perseveres. The cry of these men, desperate, passionate, confident. Look at these men, number one, the condition, number two, the cry. Now notice the command of the Savior. See the first part of 14a. When Jesus saw them, he said, go, show yourselves to the priest. This is interesting. Now Jesus responds to the cries of the lepers by telling them to do something that's really very unusual instead of just healing them on the spot, instead of laying his hands on them like he's done before, instead of just speaking the word and they're healed, he simply tells them to go and show themselves to the priest. We talk about this a lot, and I know some of you are getting it. Um, When you study the majority of the miracles in the Bible, there was first an instruction or a command. And as the people obeyed the command or believed it, the power of God was released. You're going to see it again here. But notice the words of Jesus. The command of Jesus was simple. It was demanding. And it was direct. Number one, it was simple, but it was not hard to understand. Go show yourself to the priest. You know, Christianity is not complicated. It's actually simple to the one that really wants to be a Christian. That was a weak amen. Give me a better amen. Come on. You're here. You're not home doing nothing. You're here. Be, be, being a Christian, it's not hard if you want to be one. Now that means putting Jesus first over you, and that's where we lose a, most. That's we lose a lot. But let's not let's not fool ourselves. It's not hard. Simple. But yet his command was also demanding. These ten lepers were required by the Savior. To perform an act of faith in him before they had even the slightest evidence that they were healed. That's what faith is though, isn't it? We receive a word. Now they weren't being presumptuous. They didn't make this up. Jesus told them to do this. There's a difference. Amen. We tempt the Lord when we make our own things up and then want God to bail us out. We're trusting the Lord when we receive his word and obey it. And sometimes we have to obey it by faith. Because we don't see anything. We might not even feel anything. But faith responds to the word of God. So so again, before they have the slightest evidence, Jesus was putting their faith to the test. He's asking these men to act as though they had been healed. You're supposed to go to the priest after you're healed. And then they give it the evidence. They they confirm it. And you give a sacrifice. That's how the thing worked. Jesus says go. They're not healed yet. But if Jesus says go, guess what? If Jesus says believe, guess what? If Jesus said obey, guess what? Ah, You're getting there. You're getting there. You're getting there. You know, friend, there, there is such a thing as the waiting of faith. The endurance of faith. The perseverance of faith. But there's also the action of faith. The daring obedience of faith. Trusting God's word. Responding appropriately. Taking God at his word. Can you take God at his word? Do you trust him enough just to take him at his word? And B says, do it, you do it. And if his word says do it that way, you do it that way. So that's faith. Faith is not, I think I can, I think I can. That's a little choo-choo engine that tried to make the hill. Amen? Remember that little choo? But the command of Jesus was simple. But it was demanding. But it was direct. It was direct. It was to the individual. I mean, he spoke to the group. But it was up to each individual to respond. He spoke to the group. But it was up to each individual to respond. Today, he speaks to you. He speaks to the group. But by his spirit, he speaks to individuals. They had gotten his attention. They had made their plea. And now here's the master's response. You know, salvation and walk with God is a personal decision. No one can make that decision for you, can they? And in fact, you know what? How serious and sincere you want to be with God, that's a personal decision. No one else can do it for you. And so we see here, it's direct because, again, though we spoke it to all, it was up to each individual one. Would you believe? Would you obey? Would you believe? Would you obey? Would you believe? Would you obey? Jesus was saying, it's time to stop crying. I've heard your cry. Now it's time to start acting and obey my word. So we see, number one, the condition. Number two, we hear the cry. Number three, there is the command of the Savior. And now number four, there's the consequence of their response. 14b. And as they went, they were cleansed. There was no cleansing until there was obedience. We we, we hit ourselves in the thumb with the hammer a lot when we're waiting on God to do something before we're willing to get our part done. Amen? The consequences. In the process, in the course of their obedience, Jesus healed them. As they walked forward in the Lord, God's power made them whole. Now, I think it's important that we get this right because we got things backwards. But when the Lord speaks, faith obeys. Then comes results. Then comes the working of His power. Just like today. Friend, if, if you walk with God, God will work in your life. Transformations will take place. Some areas will be removed. Some things will be restored. But if you get serious, And you walk with the Lord. His power will work in your life. Sincere Christian, I encourage you this morning, keep walking with Jesus. Sometimes the world tries to trip you up or discourage you. You just keep walking with Jesus. I know sometimes certain battles are hard and life's not fair and life's not always easy. But you just keep walking with Jesus. You stay on the road of obedience and fellowship with your Lord. Don't let anything get between you and Jesus. Don't let anything turn you back from that walk of righteousness with your Lord. If you'll do that, you'll begin to notice things in your life. Some things will disappear. Other things will grow and mature and come alive. Somebody, you need to know this morning that it's on the path of obedience that you will receive your answer and you'll experience your breakthrough. Don't wait for something to happen before you really step out and obey what God is telling you to do or make things right in areas God is dealing with you. Oh, friend, somebody on the path of obedience, that's where you'll receive the answer you're waiting for. That's where... You'll experience the breakthrough you so earnestly desired. Don't swerve now. Don't turn back now. Don't veer from serving the Lord Jesus now, but keep following Him. Keep obeying Him. Keep trusting Him. He's working and you will see it if you stay on that path. Can you say amen? Amen. Consequences. The confession. Verses 15 and 16. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, hallelujah, he came back praising God in a loud voice, in a loud voice. There's a time to whisper. There's a time to shout. It's in the book. It's in the book. There's a time to be silent. There's a time to rejoice with all that is within us. Come on, say amen to that. If we believe the book. It's in the book. He threw himself at Jesus' feet. Thanked. Him. Thank you, Lord. I didn't deserve it, but you gave it. Thank you, Lord. You didn't need me, but you desired to. Chose to love me and be. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, my, 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 my. The other gods that I used to serve, they got me in messes. Only you got me out of messes. Thank you, Lord. That confession. Ten men were healed of leprosy that day. But only one came back to give Jesus thanks for the healing. I want you to notice how he came back. It's a good picture of how true salvation works, true sanctification works. Number one, he came back promptly. Man, he found out he was healed, and immediately, without delay, friends, I want you to know procrastination is one of the biggest tricks of the devil. Because God deals with the person. God speaks to the person. And if that devil can get you to procrastinate, delay, put it off. Don't let anything. Put off. obeying the Lord. Because the next thing you know, you forget all about it. Next thing you know, something else interrupts you. And you never did it, but you know you should have done. But very promptly, very promptly, I want to say it again. Don't put it off. Don't put it off. If God's speaking to your heart, respond. If God's been dealing you about something in your life, do it whether it's putting something aside or beginning something fresh, whatever it is, obey the Lord. He has your best interest in mind. Tell your neighbor that. He's got your best interest in mind. I don't want you to think he's against you. God's for you. God's with you. God wants to bless you. you got to walk with him. Promptly, he came back personally. This is a personal thing. Individually. Don't let any person keep you back from coming to Jesus and walking with Jesus. Don't let any person keep you back from coming to Jesus or walking with Jesus. It's a personal thing. It's a personal thing. But it was a passionate thing because he came with all his heart. He wasn't playing games, he wasn't playing religious games with all of his heart. He was not ashamed. Man, God wasn't ashamed of me and I was a mess. Why would I ever want to be ashamed of him? Amen? Amen. (laughs) If anyone ought to be ashamed, he should have been ashamed of me. I'm not going to be, no, no, I'm not going to be ashamed of the Lord. Came back passionately, and he came back humbly. Laid himself down at the feet of Jesus. Laid himself down at the feet of Jesus. Humbly. When's the last time you just made a fresh surrender to the Lord? When's the last time you said, Lord, I know this religion, I've been growing up in it. I know it in my mind, but my heart, my heart's got a little cool. My behavior gotten a little stiff. I need to make a fresh altar and make a fresh start. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. The challenge, the challenge, the challenge. But isn't it beautiful? He came personally. You know, in just a few minutes, we're going to baptize at least three individuals. Each one of them made a personal decision. I'm going to follow and obey the Lord. It's a personal thing, isn't it? When when you get saved, others can pray for you. Uh, Others can urge you on. But you have to make a personal decision. I'm going to become a Christian. I'm going to believe that Jesus died for me. And I'm going to begin to live for Him. Amen? And then every step of the way as we walk with God and we read the book and we begin to obey the Lord and do what pleases God. It's a personal decision, isn't it? And we read about water baptism. How Jesus commanded us. If you're one of mine, publicly. Publicly. Get baptized in water. And just like I was dead and I was raised, you're going to be symbolic of that. And you're publicly going to let everyone know, I'm a Christian. I'm serving Jesus. Amen? You're making it public, but it's a personal decision, isn't it? You make it publicly, but you're deciding personally. The condition, the cry, the command, the consequence, the confession. And if I could add one more, the challenge. The Lord kind of gives us a little challenge here, I think. Verses 17 and 18. Jesus asked this question. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Hmm. That can be a bit sobering, can't it? You know, we live in a very complaining world, don't we? I'm not shooting no arrows at anyone. I grew up grumbly Italians. We complain about everything. I mean, man, we win the lottery. We complain about the taxes. I mean, just—I mean, we just, you know—and so I, I fight that. I put that thing on the altar constantly. Amen. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not preaching. I'm not preaching. No, I'm not preaching. I'm preaching with us. Amen. We are talking to each other. Amen. But you know, we do live in a world that's a bit ungrateful, and complaining. We like to blame this one. We like to complain about that. And sometimes, if we're not careful we lose the spirit of, of grace and gratitude that should really overflow the heart of every sincere Christian. So when Jesus asked that question, where are the other nine? Well, one thing we learn from that is that ungrateful people produce a grieved Savior. I don't want to grieve the Lord. He's been too good to me, amen? amen. I want to please the Lord. I want, be, I want to be conscious about my blessings and give God praise for them. I want to practice thanksgiving. It's just part of my regular walk with God. But every breath I breathe is a gift from God's grace. Amen? Amen? So again, let's never take his blessings for granted. But let's be sure to bless the Lord with our thanks for all that he's done. For a spirit of thanksgiving should be evident in the lives of all God's people at all times. Every child of God should cultivate, develop, The grace of gratitude. It should become part of us. It's only proper for us that know the Lord. And it certainly pleases our God and our Heavenly Father. So as we begin to close, number one, let's let's reflect. All of us, at one time, were spiritually like these lepers. We had a disease that no one could cure. Sin is a disease that no man can cure. But by the grace of God, Jesus came into our lives. The gospel came into our lives. And when we cried out, he didn't shun us. He could have. He didn't need me. When we said, Lord, have mercy on me, he didn't say, don't got time for you. He stopped. And he called me. Amen. And he spoke his word that forgave me and cleansed me. And he received me. Just like those lepers. We've received the grace of God, what only God could give. So let's reflect. And through the years since we got saved, He's been good, hasn't He? He's blessed us. Let's reflect and let's respond. We'll spend these next few minutes, let's give God some praise. Let's thank the Lord. Things past, things present. You might be here today with your family. What a wonderful reason to give God praise. You might be here with your loved ones. What a wonderful reason. Just to say, Lord, even now you've been so good to me. Amen? Amen. And of course, all of us that are saved, we can look forward knowing that, you know what? It won't always be like this world. We're headed to a better place and that's got our name written on it. Amen? We can give them praise now for that. Amen? Amen. So that's what we're going to do. Why don't you stand with me? I'm going to pray the prayer. Now, Pastor Todd and Brother Gary will be down here. If you have a special prayer need, and you'd want someone to pray with you, please do so. They'll pray. They'll believe God with you. If for some reason you're here and you've never given your life to the Lord, well, come. Receive the salvation He wants you to have. Give your life to Christ. If you have a physical need, they'll anoint you with oil and they'll believe God to heal you and give you a new start. If you just want to draw down to the altar and just give God some praise and thanks, Because God's been good to all of us, I know. Amen? Amen. And then we're going to celebrate some water baptism. And we're going to rejoice as the family of God, as three individuals obey God. Oh, it's awesome. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for the lessons that we get from these ten men. Lord, help us to practice gratitude and thankfulness. For all that you've done and all that you're doing. For all that you shall do. And Father, I just pray that you'd receive our praise. and, Lord, at this altar. Father, in the name of Jesus at this altar. Let your power flow in a mighty measure this morning. As people draw near. Giving you praise. Giving you glory. Entering your gates with praise and thanksgiving. Drawing near that you might draw near to them. Father, in the name of Jesus. Speak to hearts and touch lives at this altar. Let your gift of healing flow. Let the voice of your Holy Spirit speak. And Father, for the rest of us, receive this praise and receive the gratitude as we pour out our hearts for all that you've done. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, let's praise the Lord. Let's give Him thanks. If you need prayer, come. Let's believe God to-